Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Big day in Yankee land. Derek Jeter now, a part of the Hall of Fame. And this guy knows a thing or two about playing with Derek Jeter. Also knows a thing or two about playing with the great Mariano Rivera. He was quite the cult hero in New York. He won a World Series ring, and he's responsible for one of the more spirited New York sports radio talk debates. Our main man, Java Chamberlain, he joins us here on The Fan. What's happening, Java? How's everything, bro? Just another cold day in good old Nebraska. You know, just uh, trying to stay warm around here. I believe it, bro. Listen, it ain't much better here in New York City. And, you know, Java, before we get to Jeter, before we get to Mariano Rivera, you know, we could talk about Jordan, LeBron. We could talk about, like, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Did you ever realize that, like, your career and your future is, like, responsible for one of the more, like, passionate New York sports radio debates? Like, everybody had an opinion on whether or not you should be a starter or a reliever. Like, it's one of those things. I feel like if I bring it up now, I get four acts of calls on it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where – it, it was a never-ending issue, and I mean, I still there'll still be times I'm checking my Twitter, and I'll still see, you know, comments made about it, and it was it was always something, and it was uh, it was something to be talked about. And I mean, as I get older and and look back and understand like what was going on, you, you're just a kid trying to help a team win, so you just kind of do, you know, whatever they tell you to do, and, and hopefully try to do it to the best of your abilities and. You know, it's. I would be lying and remiss to say that I I didn't hear it because obviously it was a topic of conversation a lot of the times when it was the bouncing back and forth. So, I guess the conversation will continue. And uh, you know, now it's now it's one of those things where I can be a part of it and 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 talk about it more so than I did before. So it's one of those things that it's always fun to talk about and it's it's fun to be a part of. Joe, it must be pretty cool, right, to say you're a teammate of two future Hall of Famers and Mariano Rivera and Derek Jeter. Like, I'm sure, you know, 30 years from now, 50 years from now, you're telling your kids, your grandkids, I play with those guys. That's got to be pretty cool. I, I think the coolest thing for me is obviously as a fan of baseball, being able to be in that situation and as a kid that got to live out his dream and and to do do that alongside some, some greats. I mean, I've already had, you know, one teammate that's in the Hall of Fame and, and Pudge Rodriguez and, and playing with him in 2008 when Jorge was hurt. and You know, just being able to to have my son around for all those and, and to know, you know, when Carter looks at it and sees it. And, and I picked him up from a from a training thing today and, and we were talking about it and he was asking me and, and just those memories that we both were able to create with those guys and just how special of human beings, not only baseball players, but as friends that they were. Jabba, the Yankees meant a lot to your family. You get called up in 2007. What is, like, your first impression of dealing with Derek Cheater? Well, I mean, I don't really know because I didn't go to spring training. So I, I didn't get the opportunity to kind of get to know them on the, on the clubhouse level before you get to go. And I, I think that's such a huge advantage and such a huge thing for these kids that may have a chance – to play in the big leagues throughout the year to to go into spring training and 
and have that experience with these guys. So it, it's not such of a culture shock, but it was my first year. I mean, nobody knew who I was and kind of, you know, just was playing it by year. And, you know, just as a starter coming in now, trying to figure out the bullpen and you walk into a clubhouse and you see those names and those lockers and, and you walk into old Yankee stadium and you're just like, wow, I mean, this is, this is history as, as a baseball fan. I, you know, you kind of pinch yourself and, you know, I literally got to look at Thurman's locker every day. It was right in front of mine. And past that locker was Derek Jeter. And I just, I think I was more enamored with the amount of shoes he had when I first got in the clubhouse. And I was like, man, how can you wear all those shoes? And not knowing as a, as a 21 year old kid, that that's, that's who Derek Jeter is. But, you know, I think just being able to, to call him a friend and somebody that, you know, would put his arm around you and show you a teaching moment when you didn't even know it was a teaching moment. And just his ability to be able to break things down and make it simple and, and make you understand that, you know, don't overthink things, let them come to you, just handle your business and go to work. And it was just fun to be able to watch him every day and, you know, learn so much from him. Was he one of those guys, Jabba, when you're coming on the scene in 2007, you're striking everybody out in that setup role, did he, like, ever pull you aside and say, all right, this is how we do things? You know, he's the Yankee captain. He's this fixture that everybody knows. Like, did he have that moment, like, one-on-one right from the get-go with you? No, um, not necessarily. I, I mean, I think there was teaching moments along um, the year and, and things that were happening. Obviously, I was in a little different situation because, you know, the job of rules and, and things that happened along that way. Um there were, there were times where we, we talked about certain things that, you know, that that's a clubhouse conversation and, and those, those stay there. And, but he was just a guy that was always, always looking out and always, you know, understood that, you know, there there's teaching moments and there's moments to just let them go and then, you know, find the right place and the right time for, for that conversation to be had. And he was just so good at that. And, you know, just understanding the, the magnitude of what, New York was and what came along with it as far as being the guy initially uh, of coming in and, and making that splash and, and what, what came along with that and understanding that there, there's responsibilities and, you know, through my ups and downs, through my faults and everything, it was just something to be, you know, to be understanding of, of what it takes and also just be a man about, you know, your faults and, and own up to it and, and go to work and, and give everything you got on the field. We got former Yankee Jabba Chamberlain. He joins us here on the fan. And Jabba, you were a very popular Yankee, but then you put on a Detroit Tigers uniform. I'll never forget this. You got the big beard flowing. By the way, is that a thing? Like anytime a guy leaves the Yankees, you guys just feel obligated to let the beard go and grow some facial hair. I mean, I feel like anytime anybody leaves the Yankees now, you see with a full grown beard. I can't blame you guys. I think it's the worst rule the Yankees have. Like, is that a thing, bro? Uh, honestly, I, I, I think the more I look at it, I, I think it's not necessarily a thing, but I, I think it just happens. I mean, obviously, let's look at Dylan this year. When when he did that, next thing you know, it's, you're not used to seeing Maybe in the offseason, he's got a little goatee or whatever. But when I saw the picture, and I'm like, holy cow, like I've known Dylan my whole career from the minor leagues and, and all the other stuff. And, you know, I can remember running on the backfield with Dylan. And now I'm like, man, he's got a beard and I'm like, holy cow. So maybe it's a thing. I think it's just you save money on razors. I know that. That's really, you know, the biggest thing. And you're just, you know, you just don't have to shave. I mean, I get it and I understand it. But I think when you don't have to shave and you can 
just let it go. I think people let it go. Well, Java, let's be honest. Garrett Cole looks like a new man. Now that he's shaved the beard and he's cut the hair and whatnot. And I'll be honest with you, bro. You pay me $300 million, I'll do a lot more to shave. You know, you know what I mean? Like, if you're Garrett Cole of the New York Yankees, you'll, you'll get used to that clean-cut look. But going back to 2014, you're a Tiger. Beard's going, you know, you're pitching for the Tigers. And you buzz Jeter up and in. And you could tell, like, you were so remorseful as a guy who was a Yankee, as a guy who knew Derek Jeter well. What do you remember from that little incident back at Yankee Stadium? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> um, no, it was, it was one of those things where, you know, you always, in the back of your mind, you don't know if you're going to stay with that team your whole career. Obviously, would have loved to. It just didn't work out that way. But, you know, when you go through it, it's, you see him every day. You see him in the cage. You see him take swings. You, you see how good he is. And it's always in the back of your mind, if I ever face him, how am I going to get him out? And I've seen it many a times. I, you know, he's going to you know, try to drive something to right center. And so I get him out of bat and, you know, just warming up when I got that phone call. First of all, it was so weird going to the other bullpen because I've never been on that side. So running in from there and, you know, just being back after seven years and all the things that, you know, I've been through and, and we'd been through as an organization and just trying to get him out. I mean, I was fortunate enough, you know, obviously it didn't hurt me. I got Jacoby to, to ground out after Derek, but it just, I mean, I felt terrible. I didn't, you know, obviously I didn't want to hit him, but as a truth be told, you got to get him off the plate and, you know, you can't let him get out and get comfortable and, and let him be that guy in the box. Obviously we've seen what he did in his career for, over 3,600 hits. So he has an idea of what he's doing. And so I was fortunate enough to get a face him again in three weeks and got him on a, on a short at bat to ground out to shortstop. So I, I wasn't definitely scared to throw in on that second at bat. I can promise you that. Now, if we know anything about you going back to that start in Boston in 2008, you ain't going to back down from nobody, bro. And that's why we loved you so much when you were down in those Yankee pinstripes and you're playing with Derek Jeter you're also playing with the great Mariano Rivera. You're spending a lot of time working with Mariano Rivera, being a part of that bullpen day in and day out. Do you have, like, a lasting image of anything that Mariano taught you over the years? I don't think it was, it was more so what he taught me, but I, I'll never forget it was um, we were actually playing the Tigers, and he had just given up back-to-back walk-off, or not walk-off homers, but homers to Victor Martinez and Miguel Cabrera on back-to-back days. And as we all know, as Yankee fans and, and guys that played, there was always that one stretch during the year where it would be maybe one or two saves that Mo would give up and everybody thought it was the end. And I'll never forget, Mo was throwing a little flat ground to Mike Harkey, and Mo asked me to step in. And so I'm like, okay, obviously I know he's not going to hit me. But I never really – he would been my catch partner. We had played long toss. He had done all of this stuff. But – Never really had just stood in 60 feet, six inches away from him, even on a flat ground, to understand what it was. And I'll never forget sitting there, and he would throw one, and Harky would set up in, and next thing I know, I'm like, this ain't that hard. And then it would literally just take a hard left. And I'm like, holy cow, how does anybody hit this? And I, I just think just standing in the box and seeing that, and then the other part of it just – seeing him go about his work and just, I mean, you look at a guy that's power shagging 
and just probably could play outfield if he wanted to. His hitting skills we've obviously seen aren't the greatest, but watching him chase down fly balls and doing the things that he did, like just, he just, he loved the game and, and he went about it and just methodical and never seen him panic. No matter what, if it was one out and the phone rings, hey, get Mo up. It was still, he grabbed his weighted ball, did his arm swing, and he always said, hey, Java, you've got six to seven pitches to let it go. Once you get out there, you know, that's when you, you figure it out and hone it in. So it just, I mean, there were so many little pieces of watching him throughout and being back and forth from the bullpen to starting and just having so many guys on both ends of the spectrum and Mo and, and Andy and CC and those guys, just being able to pick from all of them, you know, it was just, it was a pleasure and an honor. And, you know, it is something that I don't take for granted. And not only do I look at it from a, from a baseball side, but I also look at it from a professional side as a person and, and also as a father. Joe, it's funny you mentioned CC Sabathia. You've played with a couple of Hall of Famers. I think you're going to be putting his name on the list too. You know what? Um, it should be. And I, I can tell you, not only his numbers are going to speak for himself, but the fact of the matter is, is the man and the clubhouse guy that he is and, and what he brings to a ball club. I mean, it just, there's so many examples I can give of the type of guy he is. And I, I just think one that resonates with everybody is to see what he did in Tampa. He didn't care about the money. He didn't care about anything. He cared about his teammates. Okay, and that's who CC is. Jabba, you ain't Kimbro, and I can't believe I'm asking you this question because you probably get it like 10 zillion times, but I was reading a book by Tom Verducci, the Yankee years, and Joe Torre, who is this all-time great Yankee manager, four World Series championships, takes the team to six pennants, as good as it gets, Hall of Famer, the godfather, you name it. He says his biggest regret like, in his yeah. managerial <laughs> career is involving yeah. you on the yeah. mound in Cleveland. Let's just say, Java, as a guy who was a sophomore in Syracuse, <laughs> one too many Miller Lights, I was not exactly sleeping easy that night watching you guys end up blowing that game. But what is going through your mind as those bugs are flying on you? And I've always said to this day, you guys played the Red Sox great down the stretch that year. I do believe if you got past the Cleveland Indians, Java, you'd have another World Series ring on your finger. Well, I mean, we had to beat CeCe. Let's, let's, let's figure that out, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was – you don't think about it and, and understand, and I look at it twofold, is I didn't do my job. I, I mean, I don't look at the the midges and, and what it is. And, I mean, let's let's throw Derek in, and, and and Derek and I have talked about this before, but I go, hey, I'm a rookie, and, you know, things are going fast. And after it's all said and done and – you know, the postseason's up and we're in the next year. And, you know, Derek was always like, hey, yeah, I wanted to come get you, but the bugs got worse as I got to the mound. And I'm like, well, Derek, you could have helped me out. I'm, you know, I'm fresh behind the ears. You're a veteran at these at these situations. You could help me out. But just going back to it and, and crazy to think that of all the things that Joe has been through and, and seen and experienced that that one crazy mishap in Cleveland was something that just resonated. And I mean, at the same time, I don't put any blame on Joe. It's, it, I mean, it's on me too, to be able to, to say like, Hey, you know, this, this needs to stop. And, you know, as, as Gino was out there and spraying the bug spray and, you know, Laz Diaz, the umpire was out there as well. It's just, you know, I just wanted to get the ball and, and try to get, 
get us in the dugout and win. And, you know, I mean, the frustrating part of all that is, is as, as your Miller lights were going down and, and you're sitting there as a sophomore, I'm over here just trying to get out and it's just as frustrating. So, I mean, I look back and twofold, do, do I come off the field and, and Joe doesn't write that story and we have another one, but I mean, that's, that's probably for another topic in another day. <laughs> well, Java, I'm sure it makes it a lot easier, bro. That two years later, you were riding down Broadway on one of those floats celebrating a World Series championship, and you were great that year coming out of the bullpen. Alex Rodriguez was clutch. CC Sabathia delivered. And the final one I got to ask you here, my friend, because you're a guy that burst on the scene here in New York City, and we know what kind of town New York can be. We know how tough and how intimidating it can be for a young athlete. So for the next guy to come into this town, whether it's a great Yankee, Met, giant jet and all of a sudden you got all this fame and you got all this acclaim and you come out of nowhere and you're this sensation where you're getting stopped on the streets and whatnot as a guy who's now been through it what would be the biggest piece of advice you would give that sort of young up-and-coming aspiring new york star oh man i i I think there's two things honestly first of all you never get a, a second first impression and it's just enjoy it. I mean, you've got to you've got to take advantage. You've got to. There's no place like New York. I mean, it's just you can't describe what it is to be in those situations. But at the same time, when you're going through it and everything is is happening really fast, you also you have to learn to say no. And I and I think that for me, sometimes that was the hardest thing, was because you you just never know if it's going to happen again. And I, I think. More times than not, as I look back as a, as a 34 year old, you know, man with, with a kid going, going to high school and, and seeing my son through it. I mean, there was, there was more times that I probably should have said no and, and just taken a step back and, and just really enjoyed it. Just not gone with it just because it's like, Hey, you know, go show up here. This is what you're going to do. Obviously enjoy it, but at the same time, learn to say no, take a step back enjoy your family, enjoy the ride with one another and just, you know, take a deep breath because it all goes by so fast and you're never going to get that opportunity to look back and be like, man, that was so fun and be able to have that experience, not only in the moment, but out of the moment and to be able to learn both aspects of, yeah, this is great. We have opportunities, but also at the same time, you're like, you know what? I can pass on this one and I just want to enjoy the time with my family and enjoy the things that have happened in my career so far. And, you know, let's get ready and try to create more of those opportunities. Jabba, unbelievable stuff. I appreciate a couple of minutes. You're really good at this, by the way. So I don't know, maybe I'm going to see you on the Yes Network in a couple of years when, you know, you want to come back to New York for a week or two and have a little fun. I know CeCe right now saying he's not going to wear a suit, but Jabba, I know you could pull it off, bro. I'm not worried about that. Well, maybe not a not a tie, but I could probably pull off the jacket and a button-up. I think we can work that out. Well, there you go, bro. We got to make that happen. <laughs> Listen, enjoy your time in Nebraska. You're a stud. Keep up the good work, and we'll chat soon, all right? Always a pleasure. There you have it. The great job at Chamberlain. Real good stuff on Derek Jeter and his time with the New York Yankees. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.